0: The seventh graders all poured out of history class, eager to get home. But they all stopped cold at the sight of two giant, muscly, angry high school boys foaming at the mouth, standing outside the door looking for blood. Welcome to Secrets for an Awesome Life. You ever see someone living a pretty awesome life and wonder, man, do they know secrets that I don't? Yes, yes they do. And this podcast is about those secrets. I'm your host, Joey Massio, certified life coach, educator, and counselor for teens and young adults. Welcome to my show. Welcome to this next episode in the Bullyproof series. I'm excited for this story. I'm really excited for all of them. Uh, Just before we get into it, a reminder to find me on social media, Uh, I'm most active on Instagram, and if you just search Joey Massio or even Firmly Founded, you could find my account. And there, there's more content, short videos for teens and young adults, announcements for groups that I'm doing or events, all the fun stuff is on there. So, So find me there. And of course, a reminder to all my listeners, I'm challenging everybody to share my podcast one time on social media this month to help in the efforts to get the bully-proof messaging out to teens and young adults who need it. So if you could do that, that would be phenomenal. And now, episode 53, How Not to Prevent Bullying. Little Johnny was a sweet kid, a little bit misunderstood, but was quiet and kept to himself most of the time. But every day, as he sat in P.E. class on his number, waiting for P.E. to begin, a group of boys behind him would throw rocks at him. The boys were Cletus, Jedediah, and Rusty. For some reason, these boys felt uh, something good about themselves by throwing little pebbles at little Johnny. And Johnny just kept his head down as Cletus, Jedediah, and Rusty threw rocks at him and laughed maniacally to each other about how much fun it was throwing rocks at little Johnny and pointing out how Johnny was different from all the other kids. One day, Johnny just couldn't take it. He just stood up and left, walked out of school and walked home. Little Johnny's mama was surprised to see him as he came walking in the door, cheeks wet with tears. She held him tight and said, Johnny, it's time we tell your older brothers what's going on. He said, no, Mama, don't tell Balthazar and Jean-Claude. They'll go crazy. And Mama said, I think crazy is just what this situation needs. The next day at school, as history class got out and Johnny and his other classmates went outside, they all stopped cold to see his brothers standing there big angry muscles just rippling out of their undershirts and they were foaming at the mouth and they asked their little brother johnny which kids are picking on you And johnny sheepishly pointed to cletus and jedediah and rusty out of the crowd and their eyes went wide and balthazar and jean-claude went <laughs> to work Balthazar started by grabbing Cletus and whipping him over his head like a helicopter and throwing him up in a tree. Jean-Claude grabbed both Jedediah and Rusty and banged their heads together until they couldn't see straight. Utter chaos ensued as middle schoolers ran every which way as the two high schoolers just went berserk. Balthazar was ripping open backpacks with his teeth. Jean-Claude was chasing down poor little 7th graders and shoving them into lockers. Eventually, Cletus, Jedediah, and Rusty were cowering in a corner as Balthazar and Jean-Claude stood over them. The boys didn't know what the high schoolers were gonna do, but with the crazy look in their eyes, anything was on the table, from taking their lunch money to eating them for dinner. But just at the last minute, the school security guards arrived and pounced on the high school brothers. It took six guards to hold back the two brothers, and as they drug them off into prison, the brothers yelled at the top of their lungs, if anyone bullies our brother again, you'll all pay. You hear us? You'll pay. Cletus, Jedediah, and Rusty were angels to Johnny ever since. And the story of that fateful day followed Johnny for the rest of his life, And he was never bullied again out of fear of the brothers, Balthazar and Jean-Claude. All right, uh, that story is a little bit more fictional than the other stories I've been sharing this month for the Bullyproof series. But this story is based in uh, real life. So this is actually my story, but I wasn't Johnny. Johnny was my little brother. And because of some things he was born with, he was picked on a lot in elementary, middle school, and high school and one day he did just straight up walk off campus after he was uh, bullied uh severely, and my mom got really upset, told me and my older brother, who were both in high school at the time, and me and my older brother went down to the middle school, waited for school to end, and were there when Johnny came out and that part played out very much like in that story where my older brother asked Johnny who's picking on you and he did point out the three boys who were picking on him um we, we weren't quite as crazy as Balthazar and Jean-claude were uh I I don't know which one of those. Was supposed to be me, but I we actually more played good cop bad cop. My older brother went to work intimidating them. Now he was a wrestler and he was in football and he worked out a lot. He was super buff. Me, not so much. So I went to work playing the mind games, and my brother went to work just straight with intimidation. I remember pulling uh, one of the kids aside as my brother was like yelling and getting all red in the face and getting right up to these uh, to the other two's faces, and I. Took one of them aside and said, "Now you see him. Like I won't be able to stop him for uh, next time from beating you guys up, right? You know, like so. If if I were you guys, I w- I would definitely stop picking on him. Like what, what's wrong with you anyway? And, and I, we did all that stuff, and the campus supervisors did come over. There weren't six of them. There was one in a golf cart, and they asked us to get in. We got in. We were escorted to the to the office, and the, our mom was called. And our mom was like, good. yeah, no, I sent them down there because you guys aren't doing anything about it, right? So.'" But another part of the story that is incredibly fictional is the ending. My little brother was still bullied in his life, not just in middle school, I think more by those boys, uh but also as he went on to high school. People still said things to him and it wasn't like the actions that me and my brother took prevented all bullies from uh you know making fun of our little brother. So today I wanna talk about how not to prevent bullying. Now, what I want to use as we talk about this is um, this study from Penn State called the Youth Voice Project. They did this a few years back where they looked at strategy effectiveness to reduce peer mistreatment in schools. And what that means in English is they looked at the best thing you could do to stop bullying. So they came up with a list of actions someone could do who was being bullied and put them in order of actions most likely to make things better and actions that are more likely to make things worse. And you know what they found? Quote, actions aimed at changing the behavior of the bullying youth were rated as more likely to make things worse, end quote. What does that mean? That means if you are being bullied, trying to stop the bully doesn't work, like I said in a previous episode. So let's look at what was number one on their list of what students did that made things worse. I figured we'd start with the things of what not to do. So number one on their list, of what not to do, is hit them or fight them. That was the number one thing you could do that was the most likely to make things worse. Let's think about why that is. First off, if you're being bullied, can you even fight? Uh, like, First off, are, are you good at fighting? Are you a fighter? When I was in middle school uh, in, in the discipline office as, as a grown adult, uh, a lot of the fights that happen like this, the the kid who's being bullied just did it out of anger. He didn't know what he's doing, and he just starts throwing punches. It, it didn't look pretty. It also wasn't very effective. And uh, also, it, that may be what the bully wants to get a reaction from you. I, I know that's what some people say. That's why bullies do it. Again, I I don't know why bullies do things. I assume there's many many reasons why they pick on people, but. I could see that, I could see that being true where they're like, yeah, yeah, take a swing at me, prove to me that I'm getting under your skin, yeah. Now, you only have two outcomes in a fight. Either you win or you don't. Now, if you don't win, that's definitely not gonna make things better. But let's say you do win. Maybe you're secretly the Hulk and you smash them into the ground. What's the thought there? Well, if I send them to the hospital, he will think twice next time before he says anything about my lith. Well, okay, maybe, yeah, he might. But what about the next person who says something? You gonna beat them up too? Just punch everybody who says something you don't like? You could. That's making a choice to become somebody. A bully. Is that the kind of somebody you want to be? Besides, fighting somebody is trying to control them. And remember, you can't control anybody. The second least effective thing you can do on this list is to make a plan to get back at them. That could be anything like spreading gossip about them, trolling them on social media, or getting someone else to fight them for you. It might do a lot of things for you emotionally that seem fulfilling, but you're still letting them control your actions. And in the end, it's still going to make things worse about half the time, according to Penn State. Next on their list, we have telling the person to stop. You know what? It's nice to make requests. Maybe they didn't know calling you Casper because your skin was so white bothered you. That's what they called me in elementary school. Telling the person to stop is just as effective on this list at making things better as doing nothing. Both of them have the same effectiveness. At 14%, 14% of the time, students reported that telling the person to stop and doing nothing made things better. And it also pretty much matches for making things worse about 40 to 41% of the time. I guess it's because bullies aren't DJs. They don't take requests. So those are the things that fall in the category of trying to change the bully. And they're all at the very, very top of this list of least effective strategies proven to not be the best thing you can do to get bullying to stop. Then there are things you can do that fall into the category of changing the way you think. See, now we're on the right track. However, there are some missteps people take here that are extremely ineffective. And after a few weeks of trying it with no improvement, you're either going to get super depressed or super angry, neither of which are very pleasant feelings. For example, the number one advice people tell kids getting bullied is what? Just ignore them. Now, I don't know what people mean when they say ignore. Does that mean that you're gonna pretend like they don't exist? Pretend like they're not saying anything about you? Or pretend like what they're saying about you doesn't bother you? Ignoring someone is really hard to do, Unless you're doing this, like covering your ears and being, la, 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 I can't hear you, you are going to hear them. Now, another ineffective thought people try is something like, don't worry what she says. She's just a mean person who's probably going to end up a crack addict on the street. Don't listen to her. Now, that's taking the, they'll probably have a miserable life later so you can feel better right now mentality. Feeling better because you're hoping the bully is going to end up flipping burgers and living in a van down by the river is, in my opinion, not the best path to take. It's also an ineffective way to change your thought about it because you're just changing your thoughts about what may or may not happen to them in the future. And our brains and emotions care more about what's happening right here in the present. Then there's the I'm rubber and you're glue. Thought. That's saying the mean things that they're saying don't bother you, but they're gonna bother them or stick to the bully if you say them back to them. But but what if they're also rubber? Now it's I'm rubber and you're rubber, and these hurtful things are just gonna bounce back and forth between us for eternity. The better version is I'm Teflon and you don't control my happiness. Another ineffective thought I hear all the time is. I don't care what people say. That would work, but unfortunately, most people are lying when they say it. What they're really saying is, I'm bitterly accepting this person I've become, or I'm going to become so emotionally closed off that no one can hurt me. The healthier version is, I'm not affected by what other people say because I love who I am. Kind of like what I talked about in the Moonhead episode this month. Trying to change the bully, whether fighting them or telling them to stop, doesn't work and makes things worse half the time, according to the study. And if you're going to change your thoughts, you need to know which thoughts to change and what to do with them. And again, I've I've talked about those before, the thoughts you think about yourself, thoughts what you think about the bully themselves. So, what is the best methods according to this study? Now, there are two things that may the very top of their things most likely to make things better list. And they are number one, told an adult at home, and number two, told an adult at school. Both of them made things better 34% of the time. So about a third of the time, that's, that's not bad. Third place underneath those two is making a joke out of it, which I'm actually gonna go more into in the next week's episode. And making a joke of things made things better about 33% of the time. So just 1% less. And the number four strategy is telling a friend. That made things better 32% of the time. So 32, 33, 34%. They're all pretty much tied. But notice three of the top four strategies that you can do to help make things better involve telling someone. That, That can't be a coincidence. And I, I'm a big proponent of people who feel like they're being bullied, getting an adult to intervene or telling somebody else. I, that's definitely a part of the solution. But n- notice here, I find it interesting, telling an adult at home and at school are tied, but telling an adult at home says it made things worse 18% of the time, but telling an adult at school made things worse of the time. Now, I I don't know why that is. The the study doesn't mention that, but I assume it's because when you tell somebody at home, the teen gets more self affirming thoughts from their family that make them feel better about themselves and make them more immune to the bully's words the next time. When you tell people at school, I've been there, I've been the adult that people tell at school. We're like, okay, we got to do something. We have to intervene. We have to go talk to the bully. And that involves somebody then trying to go change the bully, which is kind of going back to their least effective methods, trying to change them. Again, I don't know. That's kind of just my thoughts on that. Now, this is by no means a prescriptive list that I'm telling you to follow or not to follow. There is no one action solution. To bullying. It's definitely a multifaceted approach, and you gotta find your sweet spot. But the secret for an awesome life today is this to stop bullying, don't take matters into your own hands. Take matters into your own mind, because that's where the damage is being done, and that is where the healing happens. Trying to stop the bully. Or getting adults involved are just part of the ingredients, which some of which I totally recommend doing. But don't assume that should take care of things. It probably won't. Just like me and my brother going down to the middle school to intimidate or talk to the bullies, it it didn't stop the bullying in our little brother's life going forward. And if it does stop things this time, it won't stop things the next time happening. Either way, the bulk of the solution comes down to you becoming bullyproof. Now, I know I'm no scientist or a fancy schmancy person at a fancy schmancy university conducting studies, but I can just tell you what I've seen in my own personal life and in the personal life of those teens that I've worked with. Making the decision to be awesome and to love yourself is the number one thing, the most effective strategy to help you make things better in your life when it comes to interacting with bullies. So if you're being bullied, don't take matters into your own hands, take matters into your own mind. The theme this month in my teen coaching membership, The Firmly Founded Teen, will also be Becoming Bullyproof. We'll be doing in-depth training and coaching for teens on the topics my podcast will be covering. If you know a teen who is being bullied, then send them and their parents to firmlyfounded.com slash teen to sign up. The first 30 days are free so they can get all the bully-proof training this month at no cost to them. And then they can leave if they want, I don't care. The bullies and bystanders this month will be getting their trainings. Let's make sure those who feel bullied get theirs as well.